can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. Nah, I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. All right, Celtics fans, we are back for another episode of Boston Celtics Game Day Recap. I'm your host, Guy DiPlacido, and we finally have hit the game where I can talk about everything good and very little bad. Uh, Boston Celtics 126, Memphis Grizzlies 107. Uh, today will be a slightly different podcast because realistically, not much negatives to go through. So I have a, a couple other topics that I do want to touch on, uh, but today's podcast will be pretty much formatted in the sense where I'll go through you know, a real, real quick recap of the game. Uh, and I do want to talk about a lot of Celtic slander that I've been hearing, and a lot of it kind of reverts back to, you know, Cantor and Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier. Because uh, I've seen a, a lot of people saying the Celtics are trading away assets or getting rid of assets, and immediately after they leave, uh, they blow up. So I do want to touch on that. Uh, so we'll kind of end the podcast there. But to start, need to give a massive shout out to our player of the game, Jalen Brown. And I've been waiting to do this because... I've said it every single podcast so far. He is by far most consistent player on the team. And he absolutely went off. He shot 15 for 21, 7 of 10 from 3, 5 for 6 from the free throw line, and ended the game with a career high 42 points. Along with five rebounds, four assists, uh, and a steal. JB just did absolutely everything you could want in a star in realistically three quarters. Like he absolutely went off today. And it was a hell of a game, a hell of a game to watch for him. I'm very excited that he is kind of getting that getting the praise that he deserves at this point in his career. Because if you look at the last couple years, you've seen a massive jump from him every single year. Every every offseason, he finds something else that he wants to improve on. And for the most part, I would say a huge thing for him has been his handling, his ball handling. If you look at this year compared to any year in the past – it is like it is night and day what he's able to do with the rock in his hands now. And today's one of those games where you know, he he went into his bag and came out with every trick possible. And I loved, loved watching it. Seven of ten from three. The man shot seventy percent from three. It's it's crazy. He got, he, he couldn't miss. In the third I mean, up until I guess the first half, he was 6 of 8 from 3. So it's just, he just doesn't miss. It's awesome. And one of the things that, you know, I harped on during the preseason, one of the things that we want to see, we need to see from JB is his ability to move the ball. And I've continued to talk about this in every podcast so far. Uh, But end of the night with four assists. And 
they were solid, solid assists. Like he's the guy that he's consistently going to drive to the hoop, and I, I loved seeing. I don't, I can't remember if it was the end of the second quarter where he gets the ball in an ISO situation with a little bit of time left, and in true Jalen Brown fashion does something completely different than what we've seen from Tatum and drives to the hoop and ends up kicking it out for a corner three. So it's something that I love watching him, I guess, kind of blossom into the player that he's becoming. And he's the guy that can turn it up for the Celtics. Defensive intensity comes from him a lot. Uh, had a really, really solid defensive night again. Uh, but offensively, he was just he was just lights out. You know, as a team, we scored 126 points. Right, he scored 42. You know, I'm I'm no mathematician, but that is 33.33 percent. Like he literally scored a third of our points himself. It's unbelievable. I mean, you look at the you look at the team. Everybody played tonight. The entire the entire Celtics team, as to be expected when you beat a team by nineteen and we're up by as much as thirty-two. But Tatum was the next highest score and he had sixteen points. I wanna I wanna let that sink in. Jalen Brown had forty-two and the next best player was sixteen, and that's Jason Tatum. You know, I, I think that really shows how much he did tonight and it's it's great to see. I guess moving moving outside of our player of the game here, we talked last episode about moving away from a two big lineup. And today's a perfect game to try that. Like you've seen you've seen it against the Bucks, you've seen it against the Nets, which I do think it hurt us because of the length of their wings. And then the Pacers, again, they're they're starting those two bigs also with Sabonis and Turner. Uh, but tonight, the Grizzlies don't really have that, right? I mean, they're pretty much starting a fairly athletic team. I mean, Valanchunas, realistically, is the only big they have. Um, I mean, you have Clark, bench player. You know, it is what it is. He's still not even that big. I mean, someone like a... Tatum, like a Brown, can still guard him. So he opted to go with a small lineup today. And where I was a little surprised was, I guess, the insertion of Jeff Teague into the lineup. And while he did play better today, still didn't play great. Uh, Defensively, he played great. But end of the night with four points, five rebounds, four assists. So was a facilitator on the offensive end. Uh, played 21 minutes, uh, same as Peyton Pritchard. Again, I think he got outplayed by Peyton Pritchard. Uh, but what he was able to provide was some sort of, an, I guess, spark on the defensive end. Led the team in steals with four. The Celtics just absolutely killed on, on defense as well. Like We had 17 steals, which is just... It, it's incredible. I mean, if you look if you look down the stat sheet, every starter had at least one, with Teague having four and Smart with three. 
And then we had Grant with two, Robert Williams with one, and Pritchard with two. Actually, Trayvon Waters also had two. So, like, up and down the lineup, we just absolutely killed the Grizzlies. And this is to be expected, right? I mean, they've got their top three players, arguably, on the bench just because they're hurt. So it's just tough. I mean, you've got John Morant, Melton, and Jaron Jackson all out. So I'm not really expecting a whole lot from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, But to see the Celtics really come out and put together the first game, that first consistent game of the year is good to see, right? I mean, if you look at the quarter summaries, first quarter, 31 to 19. Second quarter, 35 to 21. The rest of the the rest of the quarters were close. I mean, third we actually lost third quarter again, believe it or not, you know, because the Celtics can't quite figure that out. 30 to 31. And the fourth quarter we lost by six. We played our bench pretty much the entire fourth quarter. I I think this is this is the most complete game that we've played. And it's encouraging. It's encouraging. So we've talked about we've talked about JB. We've talked about Teague. I do want to talk about Tatum. And I I said last episode that we're going to need to see a more consistent Jason Tatum as far as getting to the line goes, right? Only shot one tonight, but this wasn't a night where he went off and took a million shots. Like yeah, he ended the night with twelve shots. Smart had eleven, right? I mean Tatum shot pretty well, six of twelve, so fifty percent from uh, field goals, and three for five from three. So it's it's another solid night for Tatum as well. Uh, so it's not it's not a situation where. You really need him to get those free throws. Again, it's something that it's something that I think the Celtics are going to need moving forward. And I don't think that's changing. We're not gonna play a team like the Grizzlies every night, especially a I guess Grizzlies team that is diminished and just doesn't have their full talent available. Uh but I liked what I saw. The other I guess star here is Daniel Tice, right? I mean, he only he only played 19 minutes, which, I mean, if you look at the rest of the bigs, Grant Williams ended with 21. Robert Williams ended with 23. I think Daniel Tice was fantastic tonight. It's funny. My fiance, Melissa, who knows jack shit about basketball, looked at me at the beginning of the game and said, this is a Daniel Tice night. One, I never even get her to watch a Celtics game. Kind of lucked out that she actually watched it today. But she actually made a comment about Tice about to go off. And it's something that he did. You know, he ended the night with 12 points, five rebounds, two assists, a steal, and two blocks. So... I loved, loved what I saw from Tice. Very efficient from the field as well. Five of seven, two two of three from free throws. 
uh, it was just he was just super consistent, right? He had a really nice putback on a on a Grant miss shot, uh, really nice offensive board and one off of a JB miss, and then he also finds the middle of the paint off a really nice Pritchard pass uh, for two as well. So he found the open spots. He made he got plenty of offensive rebounds and he just looked overall solid. And this is kind of the Tice that we saw a lot last year. Haven't saw her as much this year and granted his minutes have been down with I guess really the uh, addition of Tristan Thompson and the emergence of Robert Williams and Grant into the lineup. Uh but this was a, a really really good game for Tice. And if we can if we continue to grow on this, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. If Tristan Thompson continues to do, you know, close to that double double type game, and then you add in a guy like Tice that doesn't do anything wrong. He's not a he's not a spectacular athlete by any means. And it's I like I've talked about this uh on Facebook earlier today, but he's a guy that when you put him in, you know exactly what you're going to get from the guy. He's not going to go in. He's not going to be super flashy, but he's going to go in. He's not going to make mistakes. He's not going to cost you a game. And I talked about Robert Williams in that same kind of sentence. A lot of people are questioning why Robert Williams hasn't seen the floor as much. And the answer to that is he's been playing. He's been playing a lot, actually, as far as minutes go. He does. He gets in, and as as high as his upside is, he still has a lot of drawbacks on the defensive end. His IQ is just—it's not there. And he had a good game tonight. Like he's had—he's had a good se- a good start to the season so far. Uh, but you see at various points throughout the game, just like a lapse in judgment. Right, I mean, you saw it at the Sabonis, like at the end of the game, where again, I think it was probably more so Grant Williams than Robert Williams. Uh, but you just see missed rotations. You see him biting on up fakes. He's his basketball IQ is not quite there yet, but he is playing well. Uh, I mean, he's a guy tonight led the team in rebounds. End of the game with six points, ten rebounds, four blocks. This is something we have not seen. Not necessarily from him, but just in general, right? Like the Celtics have not had a legitimate blocking threat in a really long time. So that to me is, it's good to see, right? I like I like that Robert Williams can go in. Tonight, again, I don't think it's a great sample size because Memphis just, Memphis sucks, right? They're not a good team by any means. But the, the the entire lineup, up and down, played really well. Right? Marcus Smart was another guy. Uh, 14 points, 4 of 9 from 3, 5 of 11 from the field. He also had 3 steals. Like, if you look at the, the entire lineup, everyone played well. Right? One of the guys that, you know, I... I commented last game about being the second coming of Jesus, Peyton Pritchard, 
is he just followed up a great performance with another great performance. Stat sheet didn't do as much this game. End of the game with eight points, uh, three assists, two steals, two rebounds. But he's just he's the guy that's just super like efficient. I, I like I'm pretty sure if you look at his stats, he's shooting like almost seventy percent on the season for a rookie. It's just it's something you don't see very often, right? I mean tonight didn't even attempt a three-pointer, which I think is funny, but shot four of six. And what he brings to the team is just a guy that uses his body really well. I mean, he had he even he used his body against Valanciunas tonight for a really nice layup. He had a really good drive uh, early in the fourth. And then, you know, he runs the floor and forces people to collapse on him. And he ended up getting an alley-oop past the Time Lord at one point uh, later in the game as well. So you see, you see his movement. You see him making the defense collapse because he can shoot. He has that floater. He can shoot. And he can use his body. So he's a guy that's going to – he's going to force the defense to collapse. And he's going to end up with some nice assists. Uh Throughout the entire season. I don't think this is a Memphis-specific thing because he's done it every game so far. So for me, Peyton Pritchard is, you know, he's right up there with, you know, a top talent on this team. For me personally, I mean, it's as far as, the, as, far as this season goes, I think Jalen Brown has been the best player. Tatum's not far behind. Pritchard is Pritchard's right up there. It's probably smart and might be Tristan Thompson after that. And then I think Pritchard is that guy. Right? I mean, if you look at if you look at some of the stats, right? So after four games, Peyton Pritchard's fifth in minutes with twenty-two. Right? And that actually didn't really change much today after today's game either, because he got twenty-one. But I mean, outside of that, Smart, Brown, Tatum, all over 33. And then it's Thompson with 23, right? So he's pretty much, he's close to fourth in minutes. And I think that's huge. I think that's huge. He's also right up there with points per game. So for me, a guy like Peyton Pritchard, if he can continue to to build on this, he's going to be a problem for opposing teams. He's going to be a problem. And for a rookie, that's incredible. If we kick it over to the other rookie, right, we saw we saw Neesmith check in. He actually played a lot of minutes tonight. A lot of that was garbage time minutes. He didn't really get in and get consistent time until really the late second, early third quarters where he saw the bulk of his minutes. Uh, but he went out and shot. Right, I mean, end of the night, seven shots, not, not very good shooting wise. End of the game, two for seven from the field, one for five from three. What we did see from him was really like a tenacity on the boards, and it's something that if you look at his draft package, you didn't really see 
that part of his game as much. He was like he was known as one of the best shooters in the draft, right? Pretty much that. Uh, what I saw when I saw him play in the preseason and so far in this in the regular season, although the sample size hasn't been big, was his ability to crash the crash the glass. I mean, you saw him tonight get in and he he just has an eye for offensive boards. He ended the night with two rebounds. I believe both of them were offensive. Uh, but he also had another one where, you know, he got in the lane for an offensive rebound, couldn't quite corral it, and it went out of bounds. But you see him getting to the ball. And it's it's something that if you can get some sort of consistency out of him, again, I don't know how much we're going to continue to see him play on any given night because I, I still don't think he's quite shown what we need to see for him to earn legitimate minutes like a Peyton Pritchard has. Like Peyton, Peyton has earned every minute that he's getting. He's going out there. I think he's the primary ball handler on this team while Kemba's out. I mean, you saw Jeff Teague today, and I'll, I'll talk about this. Well, actually, I guess I'll just bring it up now. But Jeff Teague today, you he played better, still not great. Uh, but there were a couple of times, it must have been at least two, maybe three possessions, where there was a 10-second stint of him just dribbling. And that's it. And every single second of it felt like he was going to lose the ball. And it wasn't it wasn't good. Granted, he didn't lose the ball in either of those instances that I'm talking about. Uh, but it's it's wasting shot clock. It's just it's not a good look. And for a guy like Teague, who's been in the league for a long time, and then having a, a rookie like Peyton Pritchard go in and just handle the ball better. I mean, it's good and bad, right? I mean, you want you want your veteran to be able to, you know, be a leader and step up for the team. But to have a rookie be able to do that is fantastic, right? I think I think Pritchard. I'm going to continue to sing his praise all year. Uh, Pritchard played really, really well. Uh, another guy that did play really well, again garbage time minutes is Carson Edwards played really well tonight uh four of eight from the field one of three from three four rebounds two assists the little man had a block which is absurd to think because he is one of the smallest players I've ever seen uh and then I was nine points I've I declared him in the first preseason as canceled. I still don't think he's going to play. And it's it's kind of the same thing with Trey, Tremont Waters. I don't think either of them are going to play. I don't think either of them deserve minutes. But they played well tonight. So, you know, I'm going to chalk it up as a happy coincidence that we played a really shitty team and we were able to do so. But it's it's fun to watch. Like these are the games that personally I love watch. I love watching tight games. Everyone thinks that's more exciting. But what I enjoy about 
blowout wins is the fact that we can watch some of our some of our other guys. Right? We haven't seen Neesmith. We got to see Taco fall tonight. I wanna I'm gonna bring that up here in a little bit. But being able to see a guy like Neesmith, a guy like Carson, a guy like Tremont Waters get time and try to earn minutes is huge. And the more games we can have like this, the easier it's going to become playoffs. Or honestly, in a season as weird as this is, the easier it's going to be to try to find minutes if, for whatever reason, someone gets COVID. Right? We're, we've all been lucky across the NBA so far that there hasn't been a COVID outbreak but you can only you can only i guess <laughs> plan so far ahead because you don't know if that's going to hit or not right so the more games we have like this where we can get minutes for a Neesmith, for an edwards waters uh it's just going to make it easier for brad to know what he can expect from his guys so for me it was a fun game to watch um one thing I do want to touch on, and we'll we'll wrap up the the good segment here, is Taco Fall. He checked in first minutes of the season, and he scored two for two from free throws. Got a rebound, two blocks. Uh, still pretty terrible at basketball. You know, it's funny. I've got. I follow a couple different Facebook po- Facebook groups about the Celtics and you get a handful of guys that are freaking out that Taco Fall has not gotten playing time. One, guys, he's been hurt. Hasn't played because he's been hurt. But two, the guy is just he's not good at basketball. It's always fun to see because the guy he's just the tallest guys in the NBA. He still has a head over. <laughs> Which is, it's just crazy. He's an anomaly. Like, they don't make people that tall. <laughs> and I know that's, it's funny to hear. It's funny to say it in that way. Uh, but Tiger Fall checked in. He played okay. Uh, again, six minutes, not a huge sample size. No player in the NBA looked as cool as he did with his tinted, almost mirror-like sunglasses that he wore on the court. Uh, so big props to, to my man Taco Fall for getting in the game, providing you know some sort of defense, two blocks, uh, and hitting his free throws. So you know all hell, all hell Taco at the end of this first game here for him. Uh, so that's that's all of the good for for today. We've played really well. You know we limited as a team. We limited turnovers again still still have some it's still not a a perfect game on that end uh but to end the game with you know realistically they only scored 12 points off turnovers so i'm gonna i'm gonna count that as a win fast break points 10 that's huge that was one of the things that i was harping on Last couple games here. So to limit them to 10 fast break points, you got to take that and, and stride. And hopefully 
you build on that uh, for the next game here. So I'm going to dive into the the back half and talk about talk about Hayward, talk about Rozier, talk about Cantor. Uh, some other news kind of circulating the Celtics. Uh, before we do so, I want to take a quick break for our sponsors, but we will be right back with more action. All right, guys, time for my new favorite sponsor, Venture Greens Nutrition. Venture Greens Nutrition is changing the nutrition game forever. They offer one-on-one coaching where they build macro-based diets to get you moving in the right direction. As great as the coaching is, what I love most about Venture Greens Nutrition is their line of CBD products. They have tinctures, salves, beard care, and gear, and the best part is, All Venture Greens nutrition products are formulated and manufactured in their own facilities in the United States. Check them out at VentureGreensNutrition.com. Use code CELTICSTAKE15, that's CELTICSTAKE15, for 15% off your order. You won't regret it. All right, Celtics fans, we are back uh, I've been hearing a lot of really negativity about the Celtics ex-players leaving and doing really well. And I want to put this to bed once and for all, and I don't want to talk about it the rest of the season because I don't think it's fair to the Celtics team to be doing this. But the amount of Celtics hate that I've been hearing, more so about Terry Rozier, and Gordon Hayward than Cantor, but Cantor's been thrown into that because he had a night where he had 14 points and 12 rebounds. Uh, and they're, they're asking, is there something wrong with the Celtics and why didn't we utilize them to their ability? The answer is about as simple as it gets. The Charlotte Hornets suck. Right? Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward are those guys. They're the alphas. They're the Jason Tatums. They're the Jalen Browns of the Charlotte Hornets. The fact of the matter is they're just there isn't room on a team to have five alphas. And you had a team last year where if you looked at the pecking order, it's Tatum, Kemba, Probably in that order. And then Jalen Brown. And then you have Gordon Hayward. Who, let me remind you, was injured constantly. I am the biggest Gordon Hayward fan there is. I love Gordon Hayward. I think if you look at last year's team, he was the best facilitator on the entire team. He was fantastic in the pick and roll. He played a much slower game. So didn't quite fit in is well with the the starting rotation. But for a guy that's leading a second unit, he slows the game down, he handles the ball well, and he can shoot, right? He's a guy that can go out, shoot the ball, and facilitate. I was very upset when I heard that he did not want to return. But I, I don't know if I can blame him. To come in where you should be a first, second option. He's a he's a fourth, sometimes even a fifth. You know, if you if you take into account 
Smart, which I don't know if I do, but some games he was. There are some games where Marcus Smart starts cooking and starts taking shots. And Gordon Hayward seemed like a really good teammate, seemed like he didn't care. But it's it's hard. It's hard to have as much talent as Gordon Hayward does and and not care. And to be frank, he got paid way more than he probably should have been paid going to Charlotte. When you have a guy that is going in and playing, realistically, what was he playing last year? 28 minutes? 30 minutes? You know, he's averaging 35 minutes a game, and he's the alpha. He's leading the Charlotte Hornets in minutes this season so far. Again, small sample size, but he's leading the team in minutes. Yes, he's going to put up points. I mean, he's he's averaging great numbers. 22-7-5. Last year is closer to 16-6-5, right? Gordon Hayward's always going to move the ball. And that's one of the things that I I loved watching him play. Uh, but all the all these same Celtics fans that are complaining about this now are also the same Celtics fans that were complaining about him while he was here. Like they're guys that or girls, they're fans that just aren't going to be happy either way. And I want to put this to bed because it's. It's not fair to compare stats from different teams, right? The Charlotte Hornets are not a good basketball team. Terry Rozier, Gordon Hayward, great basketball players. Terry Rozier was a fifth, maybe sixth option on that Celtics team that he was on. And he, he's too big of an ego, he is he's a similar he seems to me like a similar type player to Kyrie Irving as far as mindset. He needs to be that guy. Kyrie wasn't necessarily that guy all the times either. Tatum got a lot of the a lot of the calls late in the game. Tatum got a lot of the praise and Kyrie grew sick of it. And I think Terry Rozier did too. So he left. Terry got paid, Gordon got paid. They're both playing really, really well. I don't think that has anything to do with the Celtics not utilizing them or not seeing their talent. I think they saw their talent. They just don't have room for it. I think it's the same thing with Cantor. If you look at Cantor, right, I mean, he's he's averaging almost seven minutes more than what he was doing in a Celtics uniform. The fact of the matter is he just fits their mold better. The Celtics are a team that moves the ball. They switch on every screen for the most part. They switch on all the screens. And he's a guy that he drops too low. He's always running to the rim trying to get a rebound. But what he doesn't do is switch off ball screens well and defend. right? Because if he's dropping low, that leaves a lot of room for the person that's dribbling off of the ball screen. And it leads to a lot of points. He didn't fit in with the Celtics system as much as he does with Portland. And and that's just, that's the way it is. If these guys are going to go off to another team and have a great season, all you got to do, tip your hat. Be happy for them. 
Once a Celtic, always a Celtic is the way I look at it. I I don't hold ill will. And I don't think it's fair to hold ill will to some of these players. Fact of the matter is, the NBA is a business. You know, these guys are, you know, they're doing what they need to do to provide for their family. The same thing we're doing now as, you know, you know, I'm in sales. (laughs) I'm in sales because I need to provide for the family. That's the way it is. These guys are, you know, selling a service. They're selling their skills to make a shitload of money for these NBA franchises. So I want to I wanna wrap it up there. This is the last I'm going to have this conversation. I'm tired of seeing all the trash talk to Danny Ainge, to Brad Stevens about not utilizing their guys the way that they need to. The fact of the matter is none of us that are listening to this podcast right now are GMs. None of us know as much. And that's just the way it is. As Biggie Smalls once said, that's just the way it is. And that's where we're going to leave it today. Uh, For all of my fans that have been continuing to, to listen, I appreciate you. If you haven't already, Make sure to uh, rate, review, follow along, and we'll be talking very soon in, in our next podcast. Have a great night, Celtics fans. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. Nah. I can't help it. Nah. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic. I can't help it. I ball like a Celtic.